The following is a conversation with Logan Dubill. He's a Point Park University senior, aspiring journalist, and political content creator with two national news appearances. We sat down to discuss his Point Park experience, politics, the future of the conservative movement, and more. This is the Not Just Politics podcast. To support us, check out our page on the Say What Needs Saying Network and our links for the social medias in the description. Enjoy. Can you tell me about your Point Park experience? Do you think Point Park's political atmosphere contributed to you being so public about the stances that you took? And do you think if the student body had been more open to constructive dialogue that you wouldn't have been so public about your views? Definitely yes to that last question. Um, when I started coming here, I went in knowing that colleges tend to lean a little bit more liberal. Um, mm -hmm. So that's why I was a little bit quiet about my views. Mm -hmm. um, as soon as I started becoming a little bit more vocal about them and everyone on campus kind of knew, um, I had started seeing all of the backlash. Like I, I, I don't want to sound like dramatic here, but I don't. Mm -hmm. I didn't really even see any in between. It was all like, oh my gosh, there's an outspoken conservative on campus. Um, mm -hmm. So I was, you know, receiving hate comments and DMs every day. Um, I had people banging on my door in my dorm room freshman year. Um, so just knowing that I was kind of alone was why I was so outspoken. Because like in my mind, I was like, if I didn't speak out, no one else would. Mm -hmm. um, and th there wouldn't really be an equal... Um, opportunity for students on campus to, you know, speak out if there wasn't at least one conservative voice on campus. So that's really, you know, how I got involved with the Globe, writing conservative pieces for them, and just being like outspoken in, in general. Can you make the argument for and against Turning Point USA? Why should every college and university embrace political organizations across the spectrum? Specifically for Turning Point or just Oh, all, uh, all argument for and against turning point. And then as a follow up, like wh why should colleges be embracing of a range of political views? Well, turning point, I've I've had experiences with them and my experiences alone have all been good. Um, I, I think they do have a lot of opportunities, not only for conservative students, but students who want to get exposure to a different point of view. Um, they also, you know, allow very well-known speakers to come on campus and speak and uh, travel opportunities as well. So I think for students of all sides of the political spectrum, there are a lot of opportunities there. I know that they are sometimes a little bit controversial, not the organization itself, but some of the speakers they have. Mm -hmm. So that might be a reason why um, some universities are you know, weary about having that on their campus or some other organizations or students maybe feel a little bit uncomfortable with that. Um, but I don't really see anything wrong with, you know, people being uncomfortable. I think that it's it's okay to be uncomfortable a little bit. And I think it's good to get exposure to different sides. And I guess that would just weed into the second point. Like uh, me being a conservative, I, I have no problem with there being a young Democrat, socialist or whatever that, whatever that <clears throat> club is. Uh, I think every student on campus should have somewhere where they can go with like-minded people. And I, I also think that students should have an opportunity to have a different point of view on campus as well. Are universities succeed, succeeding at that job of providing a healthy spaces for political dialogue on their campuses and making sure those spaces are accessible? I, I would say most campuses are. I'm not really sure about this campus because uh, as of now, we don't really have many options. Mm -hmm. um, and from what I've heard, there has been issues in the past with starting 
um, political organizations on campus, but a lot of the campuses that I've come across um, do have, you know, clubs on both sides, and they're bringing in speakers from both sides of the political spectrum. So, I, yeah, I would say that most campuses don't really have a problem with that, uh, but I think Point Park would specifically need to work on kind of fixing that. If the administration and SJ was in this room, and you had to pitch a Turning Point USA chapter to them, what would you say? Probably going back to, to what I said um, earlier about Turning Point is that um, it's not only providing a voice and a space for conservative students on campus, but it also um, exposes students to a different point of view that they may not be exposed to on a daily basis. Uh, from when I've started here, all I've seen is you know, liberal students being outspoken and even working with the globe, I've noticed that a lot of the opinion pieces that go through there are liberal and that um, the writers themselves tend to have liberal stances on things. So I just think Turning Point would be a way to kind of, you know, bridge the divide a little bit and make the campus a little bit more more neutral rather than, than just left-leaning. I, I agree. I think that I mean, with running the Bridge USA Club, I told you this, I, I can't find conservative students on campus. I don't know where they are, so I can't invite them to discussions. And then on the other side, we don't even have a Democrats club or a socialist club, so I don't know where anybody really yeah. is. And it's really hard to recruit people. Um, I, I think that this campus would benefit a lot from something like that, definitely. Well, that's like when I started being outspoken um, about my views and I started kind of receiving like public you know, backlash from mm -hmm. members of this community. Uh, I did have students who are conservative. There, there aren't, I, I don't want to say there are a lot of them, but there are definitely more than you probably think. Uh, yeah. You know, reaching out saying, I just want to let you know I'm conservative. You know, thank you for, you know, standing up for different values on campus. Mm -hmm. uh, they even told me that they still aren't comfortable um, speaking out about certain things. And I don't blame them from everything that I, I've experienced so Neither far. I wouldn't want anyone else to, to have to experience that themselves. But um, yeah, there there definitely are conservatives on campus, and any any way to make them feel more more comfortable, I I think is something that this university should be taking a step towards. Yeah, I I don't I don't know if this I don't know if this perspective is accurate, but to me it seems like if you don't give those students a place on campus where they can at least meet and and get things off their chest like what they're feeling that's not going to cause anybody to become less radicalized that's that's going to do the opposite those ideas those ideas don't go away people are just going to hold it inside of them and then they're going to go somewhere else where they feel validated and that could be anywhere and that could be a place where people are legitimately saying hateful things or dangerous things even though even that's a little bit of a slippery slope but i see what you think see what yeah I mean? yeah so, and i i just think that you have two choices like conservatives on this campus aren't going to go away you can either invite them to the table give them a spot and you can challenge their ideas you can have your ideas challenged everybody can learn a little bit of something or you can do what they did with you in a way like they can put you could push them away and then you wonder why you have, like, in your views, radical people on campus. Yeah. Like, it, it seems to make sense to me, but maybe it's not that obvious. Well, I, I, I've had so many people reach out to me after um, 
you know, my, my parents on Fox and they're like, why do you, Mm -hmm. why do you still go to this school if you're receiving so much backlash? And it's like, I'm not going to school to please everybody. I'm not going to the school for everybody to agree with what I have to say. I'm going to the school to get an education. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, this was a financially viable option, uh, which is one of the reasons I love being in the city. I think there's a lot of opportunities as a, as a marketing and sales major. Mm -hmm. Um, if I go that route, I think that there are a lot of opportunities in Pittsburgh. If I, if I go the journalism reporter route, obviously wherever work takes me is, is where I'll be headed. Mm -hmm. Um, but so many people are like, why don't you just leave? And it's like, that's not, it's not like the like point. politics isn't the <laughs> yeah. the point of going to college. And then yeah. I've won that. The other thing I was worried about is you know it's it's just gonna follow me wherever I go. Like any institution I go to is gonna be the same thing over again. Um, I I, yeah. I I think it's I think I'm lucky that I was at a smaller place because I I feel like things could have been a lot worse if I was at Pitt or if I was at Penn State. Um, just knowing the the class size difference alone, that w- I think it would have been a little bit worse, but. That's yeah. true. You also possibly would have had more people that would have backed you up. True. Though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's not a lot of people at Point Park. Pitt is thirty times the yeah. size or something. It's crazy how much bigger Pitt is. How can journalistic menteg- or how can journalistic integrity be maintained while navigating our uh, complex political landscape? That's that that's tricky because I think I think journalism definitely has shifted from from what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say that that would, that would be more from a leadership or like editor stance. Um, just making sure that when you're running said paper that you're giving both sides, you know, the benefit of the doubt and making sure that kind of coverage on both sides is a little bit equal. Um, that goes for, you know, if you look at the major ones like CNN, obviously that's left leaning Fox Mm -hmm. obviously is, is right leaning, Mm -hmm. uh, which, which they have, they have a right to take stances on certain things. But, but I, I think that all of them overall should probably do a little bit better job covering both sides um because mm-hmm. I, I think that that would kind of restore the trust in the media a little bit more absolutely um and that that would that would kind of solve the division problem that we have right now alone yeah i think that would definitely help shout out to all sides you know what all sides is i don't that's it i think you i think you'd like it then it's it's a it's a media company they they put they give you like three they give you right left and center on the same story, three articles okay. in one place, and you get to read. Through yeah, it. see, yeah. I I don't know why why more people wouldn't. They, yeah, take, I have a couple. Take that approach. <laughs> I have a couple friends that work there. It's it's great, and I, I and they give like biasy ratings and stuff yeah. like that too. I I think it's good, and I, I I I try to go there as much. I really should go there for more stuff. I also just don't follow the news that often, just because. Yeah. I just it's a way I, to ruin I get it. mine from Twitter and still like, like I, I don't turn on like p- people just think I wake up and turn on Fox and just watch it like 24 <laughs> hours straight like that, that's not what happens <laughs> well if Twitter's your news source you might be running out of time yeah right I mean it, right? it's got the ticking time bomb yeah, over there with Twitter it, <laughs> oh, it, man it's a mess it is especially what happened yesterday oh we're not <laughs> even gonna get into yeah, that <laughs> <laughs> okay what are your thoughts on Trump's announcement to run for president in 2024 with at least a portion of his party seemingly rejecting him and viewing DeSantis as a new face or direction for the party, what does that mean for the future of the conservative movement? Yeah, I, I, I think, I, I think everyone knew it was coming. I just didn't think he was going to announce this quickly. Um, really, I was a little bit nervous that he was going to announce when the midterms didn't even finish yet, because he was kind of setting that up in his Ohio rally, which was the day before the midterm election. Yeah. 
Um, and that I, I would have been so pissed off if he did that, like taking away the spotlight and the focus off of the candidates who are running and making it about himself, which he already did. Cause it's yeah, like, he, it was he... just Trump, Trump rallies with yeah. guest speaker, the candidate running in that state. Like it should have been the, it should have been the other way around. Um, so he, he made the whole midterms about himself. And I think that that kind of hurt him a little bit. And then he, mm-hmm. him announcing his candidacy the week after midterms were done when Republicans didn't really perform as well as we thought we would. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think that that was smart. Um, a smart move for him. I, I am team DeSantis right now. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I think that he not only has a better shot of winning, but that he might be able to get kind of maybe more of the moderates or more of the liberals who don't think that their party represents them anymore, which is mm-hmm. good that, we, again, bridging the divide that we have in this country right now. I, I don't even think I want... I don't even think DeSantis is my first option but I would mm-hmm. pick him over Trump in a heartbeat. Gotcha. Now, if Trump's the nominee, I'm going to probably vote for him, mm-hmm. but I would prefer him not to be our nominee. So where does Donald Trump fit in that new political landscape then? Assuming that... <laughs> it's just assuming, such a mess right now. Yeah, I have no uh, idea. <clears throat> assuming like, okay, so let's say there's a bit of a fallout with him and the party in 2024. He doesn't get the nomination... Uh, I mean, he he insulted DeSantis. Yeah, what, was that? I was, was there. The I was there. Li- I was there when he said that live. Like I was at that rally. Was was that the day before the election? That was two days before, because he did. Um, yeah, <laughs> he did the. He was in Pittsburgh, and then he went to Ohio, and then it was the mm-hmm. election. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I was like. I, I I looked over at the friends I was with and I was like, "What did he just say?" I was what like, "Did, did I miss him? something?" Ronda Sanctimonious. That's listen. <laughs> Trump's good at making funny names yeah. for people. That one sucks. Yeah, awful. It's not even. funny. I was like, "Did I miss? Like, are they beefing <laughs> yeah, right now? Yeah. Like, did I miss something? Like, what, what's going on?" I didn't know that they were beefing for the longest yeah. time, and then it turns out they are. And that's such a weak name for him. Like, Trump could have come yeah. up with something. And better. then, and then Come after on. the midterms were over, um, Trump. Put something on Truth Social about him getting more votes than DeSantis did, and I'm like, why are you trying to cause? Why are you stirring the pot right now? So I mean, he he must know something. I mean, he is better at that than yeah. most people. Yeah, he likes to do that. Yeah. So I, I wasn't surprised, but I actually was kind of surprised because I didn't think they'd be beefing like that. And especially like going going back to like me being worried that he was announcing and you know stealing the show from him, like yeah. that that's just causing trouble when. You like, need everybody yeah, to be exactly, on exactly. one page. No, I, I was I was confident that DeSantis <laughs> was gonna win re election, but that's you know, you don't need to start drama a couple of days before the midterms. Especially because, in hindsight, because yeah. they Republicans underperformed so yeah. so severely based on what they predicted they mm-hmm. were going to do. Yeah. So what's your dream GOP presidential ticket in twenty twenty four? I'd I i have not really put much thought into a vice president, but mm-hmm. um someone like Glenn Youngkin. Okay. I think um, he's a little bit more middle ground. Uh, a lot of the things he does stand for do obviously lean to the right. Mm-hmm. But I, I think overall he is a little bit more of a likable um, guy overall. Um, he has gotten quite a few things done already, and he's not as controversial. So I, I, I think that, um, like I said earlier, getting the moderates, getting um, people from the left would be probably a little bit easier. 
Mm-hmm. Um, same thing goes with DeSantis compared to Trump. I think that he would be a little bit more likable. Uh, but I know that there are a lot of people who hate DeSantis, too. I haven't heard any I hate Glenn Youngkin people out there. So um, that would be ideal. But um, I'm not sure if he'd be able to pull it off. But that as, would be... That would be I'm, not, I'm not sure who would... So if, if I'm saying if Glenn Youngkin, you don't think he could pull off vice president? He, he could probably pull off vice president. Okay. But um, if he was running for president, like for like in, in my mind, I think that that's doable. But then mm-hmm. when I look at, oh, wait, other people have to vote, <laughs> then yeah. it's like maybe he wouldn't be able to win. But mm-hmm. I, I, I personally think that someone like Glenn Youngkin would be able to perform a little bit better and be a little bit less controversial and there, you know, be less arguments and stuff during the debates and things like that mm-hmm. who's the democratic party's best option to most represent to most accurately represent their base hmm, or their or their many bases i was gonna say they have four i think i i can't stand this person i was gonna say aoc but you said represent the base and i don't think she represents the the democratic party she she represents a segment of the party mm-hmm. but i don't think that everyone in the Democratic Party is kind of that far left right now. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure um, if that would be the best answer. I'm curious what you think about this. So I'm, uh, this might be kind of obvious, but I, I think the one thing that the Democrats have going against them is that they have so many different people under their umbrella, for lack of a better term. Like the conservatives have, you have the evangelical right, you have like the fiscally conservative people, mm-hmm. the right leaning libertarians. They're mostly on the same page with everything. The libertarians might disagree a little bit with the religious people on yeah. like government level stuff, but Trump was able to pull everybody together really well and kind of consolidate that. And I don't really think that the Democrats had anybody that I think Barack Obama might have done that fairly well. Yeah, that was yeah. also back in twenty uh, two thousand eight and twenty twelve. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot different now. I mean all both the parties a are a lot different. <laughs> so I'm I'm just curious. I'm I'm wondering like if they even like they don't, I don't even know if they have anybody that can represent because you have to get the Bernie people and then you have to get the Joe Biden voters and then you have to get, so you have a lot of different groups of people you have to pull together. Now, I'm not sure if you feel this way, um, but from what I've seen over the past couple of years, I think that the, the Democratic Party is probably a little bit too focused on like representation. Not that that's a bad thing, but mm-hmm. I think that that's how they select their candidates and so their re- representatives. The identity politics yes. thing. Um, which I don't think should be someone's... Pro- I, I don't want to say it's their t- like top priority, but even when like Biden chose Kamala Harris as his running mate, like he said, I am specifically selecting a woman of color. Yeah. Um, if he just selected her without saying anything, that would be, you know, huge. But like... I feel like that's such a slap in the face, like him saying, yes, this is the category I'm selecting from. Oh, let's select you. Like, I, if, if I were her, I'd just be like, oh, well, I probably wasn't your top choice overall. But since you narrowed the category down a little bit now, now I'm an option. Um, but like even someone like her running next year, like her approval rating isn't that high. So that that wouldn't even be a, a, a viable option for the Democratic Party. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about the the like the race higher for lack of a better term i i do sort of agree with you that it does feel like you didn't really have to say it yeah you probably could have just picked her and people would have said great cool yeah they're gonna vote for it or they're not 
You could also make the argument, though, I'm sure that, that those people should have been represented in government a long time ago, and they uh, and they were not. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> that's that's something, I guess. But so I, I'm not I'm not really super it's, sure. About it's that. it's really cool to, to to see you know the country make progress. Um, obviously, I'm I can't wait for the first female president, hoping that. You know, if she's a Republican, I think that would be hilarious because I'm constantly called anti-woman and stuff like that. And I'd, I'd, I'd gladly vote for, for a woman president. But, um, yeah, I, I think that, like, announcing it beforehand and making it known that you are specifically choosing someone because of, you know, traits of theirs that they have no control over, um, mm. I, I think that that's not the way to, to go about things. And that's kind of took a downfall looking at her approval rating and, and, and things like that. Yeah. Sorry, I just had to send a message to, to Gavin quick. Um, yeah, I just and that's just, that's a whole thing. I mean, that's a whole other conversation. I you know, um, I, I would also vote for a woman president. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind. I mean, I don't know necessarily if I don't have any like picks in the moment. Um, I'm not like a super big like I'm not like a I, I like Tulsi Gabbard. Like I'm not a super big fan, but I'm not like I'm kind of like in the middle with her. Um, cause she seemingly made like a pretty big shift. So I don't really have a problem with that, but, but, um, yeah, so I, I don't really know what I would do like, in that situation. From the, like, Christy Noah maybe, but I, like, not even, from the... You know a lot more of these people than I do. I'm not really, I don't really keep track of individuals. I just, I, I just know that she's taken, um, that, I, I know the people of her state like her. I, I don't know mm. if she can get the whole country behind her, but I, I, I think that that would probably be the top female candidate to come to mind if um, one were to become the, the, the nominee. And mm. I, I would gladly vote for her. Mm. Um, but I don't want the Republican Party to be like, okay, let's push a woman yeah. as the nominee. Like, I, don't, just let it naturally happen. And it will be, it will be so much more of an accomplishment if it was all a natural process, but do you think that can actually happen? Yeah. Okay. I, it, I just think it has to be the right person. And I right. think, I think that specifically choosing people because of, you know, their gender, I think that that's kind of downplaying the historic moment that could be. Um, yeah. so I, I just think that it should naturally happen and not be forced. Cause that, I mean, it, it, it's one thing for someone to just win. Oh my, like the first female president or, both parties are just going to put a female and one of them is going to win. So obviously it's going to be a female. Like, yeah. I, I just think it should be something that happens, not, mm -hmm. you know, work to make yeah. it a non-legit thing. I was too young, so I can't really remember. But from what I do remember, I don't remember the Democratic Party pushing Barack Obama as the first black president. I, I, think, I don't think either, which is why I think that was such a He walked big on the deal. stage and yeah. he said things that people liked exactly. and he won the yeah. votes. So that's, I can certainly see someone making that argument. Yeah. Okay, so then, situationally, what has to happen for you to vote Democrat? I mean, if, <laughs> if Kanye West is the Republican nominee, <laughs> I, will, I, I will gladly vote Democrat. <laughs> um, I... I Probably just a very extreme candidate. I, right. I, I have no problem voting the other way, um, but it only has to be because the person running doesn't represent me well. Gotcha. And lo looking back, I I didn't vote in 2016 because I couldn't. Uh, 2020, I voted Trump. Yes, he does certain things I don't agree with, mm -hmm. um, but I didn't consider him, or I still don't really consider him extreme. Um, 
Yeah, but if, if, if you know, someone spewing all of this nonsense and stuff, like, yes, maybe some of the fiscal policies I agree with, but I'm, I don't want someone like that representing me or, you know, being in charge of the country. Yeah. So if it was a very extreme candidate, I would gladly vote moderate or, or Democrat. So what? So you said you would vote uh, for a woman president. What if it was someone like Marjorie Taylor Greene? See, she is, that's, that gets a little tricky because she's, she's pushing the, <laughs> yeah. the, the extreme side. And there are rumors about her being Trump's vice president. That's how he loses. Yeah, That's exactly. how the Republicans lose, I think. He's already, he's already asking to lose by, by the way that he's running things now. And, yeah. and that would just be kind of the, you know, everyone's done with, with Trump kind of thing. But his base, like his diehard supporters, I feel like that would strengthen their reason to be exactly. I think they love yeah. her. Because I, I went to um, America Fest last year, and she was one of the speakers there. Oh, wow. And I didn't know that she was a speaker. And when she walked out on the stage, I was like, <laughs> really? Because, <laughs> and then Lauren, uh, how, how is her name, Bobit? Bobert? Lauren? She, Again, yeah, she's, sure. she's part of the conservative squad, they, they call it. Oh, okay. And she's a little bit extreme, too, and she was there. And I was like, I did not think that <laughs> they, they, I did not think that they would be here. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's crazy. I don't, I don't think, I would, I don't think I, would, I would vote for her. <laughs> no. <laughs> I would not be voting for her, either. No, it's so funny. We, we had a couple episodes uh, that, that didn't air because, you know, we had technical issues. Yeah. One was them on Zoom, and Zoom kept kicking us out and everything. And I, and I made all these... Yeah, again, I'm, I'm not claiming to like be an expert, but I was making predictions about the midterms, which were all wrong. Yeah, <laughs> like, all yeah. of them were wrong. But the one thing I have been saying is that if Trump picks Marjorie Taylor Greene, or if DeSantis does, that's how they lose. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, I think Biden Harris probably beats them if, oh, if, if it's Trump and Marjorie 100%, Taylor Greene. Which, which shows you how bad that ticket is, because not a lot of people that's are insane. happy with the Biden Harris ticket right now. No, um, that's so an insane. For ticket. that same ticket to win again, uh, Republicans need to ensure that their ticket is is but then again, better than what we've been talking about. That's what people were saying for the midterms. They were like, how do you guys possibly mess this up? Yeah. So it, I guess it is possible, but I oh, think that would be pretty the, difficult. The Republican Party definitely had some wins where they they, they didn't expect it. Like like mm -hmm. New York, I I heard that they did pretty well. Um mm -hmm. obviously there wasn't a there's not a Republican governor, but that mm -hmm. race was a lot closer than people thought it was going to be, especially for mm -hmm. New York. So there definitely is traction in some places. Um obviously in Pennsylvania we <laughs> did awful. Yeah. But it, um yeah, it's just it's just interesting to see that that kind of happen over the country. So it definitely definitely sets signals for what needs to be done in 2024 and I think that Republicans need to shift their focus off some things onto other things, and I think we should mm -hmm. have no problem winning the presidency. But it just depends on like like if we have a Trump ticket, he is going to uh, use the let's go Brandon. Like like I I think people just need to drop the attacking the character and yeah, work I on agree. advertising what they've because like, I I think Trump's done a lot over his four years in in the office. So I think that if he was focusing on his accomplishments and not attacking the left he'd have a better chance of winning, but I don't, I don't think he's going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I just heard we're, we're going to have to cut, get a new SD card and then jump back okay. in at some point. Gavin will let us know when, but we're running out of storage. So I'm sorry about that, no, folks, you're good. but it is what it is. Uh, we'll have a new SD card at some point to make that not be a problem. Um, so I'm, I'm curious. Um, so you, you worked with Dr. Oz on his campaign are you 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 do volunteer? I was a, I, I was a volunteer. Yeah, I, I, okay. I wasn't an official staffer. Right. Um, yeah, I guess you volunteer. I went to one of the events and we were really early, 
and I one of my friends works on the campaign and he was there. I didn't think he was going to be there. So I, I got talking to him and he was like, well, since you guys are early, like if you can volunteer, that would be a great help. So I was able to kind of see how that event kind of mm-hmm. went down. And it was a it was a really cool experience. Can you cause I, I'm genuinely curious because I, I followed Fetterman a little bit going into the midterm because I felt like he represented me a little bit better. Uh, I didn't really follow anything with Oz. What and I'm just genuinely curious about this. What is it about him that conservatives liked? I mean, I think that the conservative party right now, I mean, kind of going along the lines with like what Trump was, um, obviously people who are well known but not a lifetime politician, I think is what is starting to happen it's with the, Trump the formula. Republican Party. Um, so I think, I think that was one of the reasons, which I think like not even Republicans, but everyone can get behind. Like, I don't think that anyone's opposed to voting in someone who's not a lifelong politician i i would agree with you i don't know but i don't know what the general consensus but i would definitely agree with you yeah now obviously they have to have some sort of experience with i mean the the bare minimum would be like public speaking like Mm -hmm. like being able to present yourself well in front of an audience Mm -hmm. um so i i think that's definitely one thing um i didn't really keep up with the primaries too much, but I know that McCormick, he was running against Oz in the primaries. Yes. I, I know that he had a lot of, like, I, I from what I remember, that race was really close. It was very close. Um, I think I remember it was yeah. off by, like, a couple percentage yeah. points. It was very close. Um, and looking back, I think that Oz shouldn't have been the nominee. <laughs> okay. But since he was, it was like, okay, we need to we need to back this candidate, especially from what um, who he was running against. I, I think that it was important to to back him. Um, but yeah, I, I would just say that he, he was a well-known guy, um, obviously has done a lot, um, with his life so far. And, um, he was able to present himself really well, even in the debates. I was expecting that debate to be a yelling match between them. And I Mm -hmm. think that it wasn't that, um, Mm -hmm. I think that Oz was able to answer the questions really well and kind of defend his stances. Um, so I, I just think that overall he was a, you know, a guy who wanted wanted change in in Pennsylvania and and for and for the country. So I think that that's why um, he probably got a little bit more support than I thought. Well, I, I thought he was gonna win, <laughs> yeah. but he didn't. Um, but I, I I think that when he was first announced as the nominee, I was like, I don't know how this is gonna go. But it, it I, I think it was a lot closer than I thought it would have been. Like mm-hmm. looking back to when all of that first started. Our political culture is seemingly dominated by tribalism and polarization. In that context, what is the case for and against any and all political ideologies? How do we weigh the pros and cons of ideology? Interesting. And I guess by ideology, I mean, like, I kind of call it like the package deal. It's like, I feel this way about X issue, so therefore I feel X about this way about all these other issues. It's like having to okay. jump on the train. So, so you're talking about more like focusing on the issue rather than the party. Is that kind of where you're going with that question? Yeah, I, I guess so. I, I mean like by ideology, I guess I mean, um, so for example, if someone is conservative, maybe they are, they are pro life and then maybe they don't, exactly feel this way yeah. but then they say they're capitalist because they have to go along with that's yeah, the well, party that's, and then maybe they're religious and like that's, it keeps that's something that i don't like i don't know we will eventually get away from that i don't think it's going to be anytime soon just because of how divided we are 
Mm -hmm. um, I've told people that I'm conservative before, and obviously, <laughs> and yeah. they immediately assume that I support X, Y, Z. And it's like, if we are going by that mentality, I, there's going to be no, there's going to be no in between, um, which obviously I don't think that we're going to have a green party or third party candidate as president in, in my lifetime because of how divided we are. I don't think that people can, can look outside of their party and vote on the issue. And I, I think that that would probably be the first step focusing on, you know, the issue, mm -hmm. um, not the candidate or, or, or the party. Um, yeah, but th there are a lot of things from, from the left that I, I, I would I mean, say I, that I, 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 could, I, I could agree with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I would just say, you know, prioritizing which issue matters most to you, that's probably going to be the way that you vote. Um, for me, it's going to be things like, like gun control, you know, first amendment, the economy, things like that. So obviously the candidate that I think would best, you know, tackle those situations is going to be who I'd vote for, which I, in my mind tend to be the Republican candidates, which is why I, I haven't voted for a Democrat since I've, I've been able to vote. Cause I think that the Republican party handles those better. Um, but then there are issues like gay marriage where a lot of people think that I'm anti-gay marriage. I, I, I don't agree with it morally, but mm -hmm. I don't think that the federal government should have a say in mm -hmm. who you are and aren't allowed to marry. So, I mean, there mm -hmm. are issues that I will take different mm -hmm. stances on, but if, if we're going by the mentality that, oh, you support this, then you must support everything that that party stands for. I, I don't think that that's the, that's the way that things should be. So do you think you would ever drop the label of conservative? Because I dropped labels a long time ago. I don't tell anybody that I am any particular party. I would tell people on guns, I'm more conservative. On abortion, I'm more liberal or whatever. Even though my mind yeah, isn't I mean, really made up yeah. on those things entirely, I don't give myself a label anymore. And yeah, I think labels are where it gets tricky. I, I I do refer to myself as as conservative, but I definitely I definitely think that what you just said would be a good first step in kind of balancing things out a little bit. I'd, maybe maybe giving yourself a label for issue, like specific issues, but not like mm -hmm. overall I am this. It's I take this stance on this issue. I take that stance on on that issue. I th I think is a way a, a better way to kind of look at things. It seems to me like that would be a better way to do it because then that doesn't put you in a box right away. Yeah, yeah. Because you could look at somebody. I mean, I, I know Gavin's told me stories about where, where he's from. It's like he's in state college area and it's pretty 50-50 and you have like, it's not really like what you'd think it would be. And there's, I imagine, a lot of people that don't, that might vote party line, but that don't really feel like that's the right thing for them to do, but they don't have another option or they yeah. feel like there's pressure. Well, where I was, where I went to high school, it's kind of like Philadelphia area, mm -hmm. uh, not in the city, more, more suburb, but. Uh, it was it was pretty fifty fifty there, and I I took a government class, and every single class we had a debate on a topic. Mm -hmm. So he would tell you the day before, you would kind of prep the the best you could. Mm -hmm. Um, and it wasn't Republicans go on this side, liberals go on that side. It was if you take this stance on the issue, go on that side. If you take this stance on the issue, go on. This. So it it was cool to see that people were comfortable switching sides every other class, depending on what the issue was, not the same people on each side, you know, sc screaming at each other. So I, I think that that was a really cool experience, but going from that to coming to Point Park and, would, and seeing the atmosphere here, it's completely different. I would love to see Point Park do something like yeah. that. I would love to, because I think that 
Well, I'm not sure people would be comfortable enough to actually step to the other side yeah, of the room yeah. against the crowd, but I think it would be really cool if they did something. No, similar. but it was even like we were talking about, like th- there were some days where the topic may not have been, you know, a, a big thing, but there were mm. other days where we were talking about controversial, you know, abortion, gun Heavy control, stuff. and people were, you know, respectful of each other. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes it got heated, but it wasn't like someone was screaming at each other. It was like someone was very passionate about about, about mm-hmm. their side, and I think that we need more of that. Um, but fr- from what I've experienced here, it is those yelling battles, and I, I I've taken part in that too, where I, you know, th- there's no point in trying to tackle this civilly because I'm not going to get that back. Um, so th- there mm-hmm. are times where I I kind of cross the line and and go into you know name calling and and attacking, yeah. but um. I, I think everybody should do a better job at taking a more civil approach to talking about politics. Um, and I would hope that that would be a, something that, that everyone would agree on. <laughs> mm-hmm. So while we're on the topic of, we talked about labels a little bit. Uh, I, I, it seems to me like they reduce our character down to a single word. can be pretty easily dismissed. Uh, you can really give yourself a reason in your brain to not listen to somebody because they're a Democrat or they're a, you know, they're a, they're pro-choice or whatever, that kind of thing. Um, what are, what are the benefits of labels in that context and what are the, like, how is it a detriment to our discourse? Maybe just for like a context standpoint, that would be a benefit. Um, Mm -hmm. it just, it just gives me an idea idea on on where you stand uh, obviously you like if you were to use the term democrat mm-hmm. um i'm not going to you know be like oh you know socialist <laughs> yeah but um that it, it at least gives me a starting point to partake in discourse with mm-hmm. you but then going back to that social thing i just said that would be a, a downfall because i know that there are people who I'm friends with who hear the word Democrat and they automatically think socialist and mm. looking at the other side, I've been called, you know, Nazi before and stuff like that. So That's it's crazy. like, it's labels have labels ensue assumptions. And I, I think that's what, what the issue is. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. I need to make sure we're not running over the time with the SD card. Uh, okay. So can you can you give me a critique of the conservative movement? I I would say our priorities are a little bit off. Um, I I kind of touched upon this earlier, but I I think that when looking at campaigning and even just showcasing what the party is about, I think that we should be focused more on accomplishments. Uh, I think that we have been able to do a lot in the past, and if we're focusing on that rather than you know, attacking the, the like, I, I guess from a 2024 standpoint, um, we need to not attack the current administration, but, mm-hmm. you know, show pride in things that we've been able to accomplish over, over the past several years. I, I think that that would be um, something that we kind of lack at right now. But, mm-hmm. you know, if that, if that were to change, I think that the Republican Party um, overall would maybe even be a little bit more respected and people would be more comfortable and willing to identify with the party and vote for the party. Um, so that would, that would be great to, to see change. I, I have a classmate that's from the Netherlands and she said when they run political ads, the entire 
basis of the ad is here's what I can do for you and here's what I'm going to do. They don't even mention that does not literally the first words in the campaign ads are the opponent. So Mm -hmm. it's like the opponent's name should not be in the ad whatsoever. Uh, Maybe if you're, you know, hyping yourself up a little bit and then you just mention what the other person's stance is, that's fine. But I don't like I I didn't Mm -hmm. even see any of that. No, I during, saw none of during that. the selection cycle. Every single ad that I saw was horrible. Yeah, they awful. all they were all awful, and none of them were skippable on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I'm still upset about that because I and they I come up every. Uh, if you're watching a long YouTube video, that's you're you're seeing the same ad maybe five six times. Yeah, so I, I, I watched those long podcasts, and I would get four of the same John Fetterman ad in one three-hour video and especially being in pennsylvania i think everyone already knew who they were going to vote for so it wasn't like it was doing anything it wasn't like it was swaying anybody yeah i mean we had the we had the damn circus over here with ours i mean it's crazy well it's it's funny because like when i when i think about like living in pennsylvania i don't think it's much but then you realize Mm -hmm. like during election time like it's 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 a pretty big deal like I, i i a couple months ago i went to a media training in um, North Carolina and I turned on the news and it was like I was in North Carolina and the news was all about Pennsylvania so it's like yeah. we are a mess <laughs> yeah it was not great well I, I think I can agree with you on the critique of the conservative movement I think that priorities I, I think the Democrats can do that too though I think that in general our political incentives are really out of place and I think that we would have to have a discussion on what the priorities should be but that discussion, yeah. I don't even think that discussion's happening at the moment. And I, I even uh, like what what I said about the conservative movement. I think could be applied to the the left too. Absolutely. Like the, the only phrases yeah. I hear from Joe Biden is MAGA extremist. You know all the those heavy words yeah, that I really didn't... don't have much meaning in in my opinion. Um, I think that he should focus more on what his administration has done. Um, personally, I don't think that they've done much, but <laughs> I, mm. I I think that that should be the approach. Yeah, I think that I didn't I don't like when he says stuff like that because even though he is technically making the distinction but like what does still, that mean? You still had 80 million well you still what 70 plus million people that voted for Donald Trump. Are you, are you are you saying that every single person who voted who didn't vote for him like he, he's labeling he's as an extremist. That. I think there is definitely a collection of the conservative movement that is not MAGA. Yeah, I believe those people exist. So in a way, he is saying that it's the MAGA Republicans. Um, so he is making that distinction. But for a guy that's running on unity, it it's, doesn't it's, necessarily it's not much unity. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily seem like something that I would do in that position. But then again, I haven't been in. I've heard that DC changes people in many ways, yeah. and it could easily turn me into that person. It's, it is a little discouraging, though, especially from my perspective with, with wanting to do all that I can to try to heal the wounds. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily seem like something that I can get behind. And and there was that really bizarre speech he gave where he had that red backdrop oh. and it was like creepy and he said MAGA Republican extremists like 10 times. <laughs> Yeah, well, I also think that's something is like whenever you use the word so much, it doesn't mean anything. The word doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah, which 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 sucks because there are extremists out there. Mm-hmm. Um, the the names I've been called, I'm none of the above. Um, but throwing mm-hmm. those words around because you don't agree with someone or you don't like someone 
really negates the problem that is associated with that word. Yeah, and we've talked about this. That's why I, when I that's why I, I'm not really a huge fan of the right throwing around radical socialist yeah, agenda. No, no, exactly. I, say that, like, I have so many friends that, that vote Democrat and they don't agree with <laughs> socialism at all. So have, it's like <laughs> I have generalization. Of, yeah. I have plenty of family members who keep in mind are like old school liberal, but like still are like in favor of capitalism and they are liberal. Yeah. So I'm thinking like, it's not, I think everybody does it. And I think that it's, I don't think that it's helpful. It's funny though. Cause my, my, my dad's a, my dad's a big Bernie guy. Mm-hmm. So people assume that I'm conservative because of my parents and they mm-hmm. don't, they don't talk to me about it. So they don't get the answer to that. But like, I, yeah. I wasn't raised like, Oh, you need to believe this. I actually mm-hmm. came about all of this by myself. I wasn't yeah. involved with politics until Trump won. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't even like me supporting Trump. Oh yeah. He won. Like I realized he won. I was like, Oh, he obviously won for a reason. Like I didn't think he was going to just cause all I was hearing was bad things about him, but you know, doing your own research and you know, being open-minded, um, yeah. Will, will guide you to the way that that you end up being mm-hmm. at. And a lot of the political, and again, I, 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 this is from what I've from what I've heard. I mean, Jordan Peterson talks about this sometimes. Is that political leaning can largely be attributed to personality type. Yeah. So in a way, and I, and I think that's why you have a lot of students that are raised in a conservative household they go to college they maybe become liberal it's like i think that's maybe because they get exposed to a new atmosphere where they are able to express that part of their personality a little more freely and i think it goes the other way as well Mm -hmm. i think that that's kind of why that happens yeah being right and even your parents you know didn't if your parents didn't necessarily tell you like this is how you have to think you know, I'm sure you maybe got some stuff of that. Did you get any little bits of uh, that uh, left-leaning from I'm going to say no. No, Because okay. um, my dad has been very open about him disagreeing with my things. Um, my mom mm-hmm. also told me that she's voted Democrat for a while and didn't mm-hmm. vote Republican until I got involved with politics. So I, I never really was exposed to any conservative stances growing up mm-hmm. uh, i i think i kind of you know did my own research to expose myself to to both sides and i started to realize that i did lean a little bit more conservative and i i think i actually you know me being open and giving that perspective is what kind of shifted my mom towards this side um my dad i don't think there's really any budging with him <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh you know I, I i kind of was like a self-explored yeah, you figured yeah. it out on your own. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I went through a phase where I was really conservative about like my sophomore and junior year of high school, and then during my senior year, I kind of fell out of it because it didn't really make sense to me, and neither did the and neither did a lot of the stuff that the left was saying. Mm-hmm. And then I sort of got to Point Park, not really knowing what I thought. I just knew that a lot of the stuff that I was hearing people say at Point Park made me pretty upset. And not because of what they were saying, yeah. but just the the tactics and the way they were saying it. Uh, the large generalizations of an entire half of the country doesn't seem like something to me that is going to solve any problems. And and that's why it's <clears> so <throat> important for there to be, you know, equal sides in the higher education realm because mm-hmm. there are people who grow up with their parents pushing their views on them. And if they don't have exposure to both sides coming into, you know, them being an individual, mm-hmm. then they're kind of either stuck with what they've grown up with or they are just shift to the other side so that yeah. there has to be balance um 
So, I mean, I, I'm glad I didn't, you know, I wasn't raised in a household where they're like, this is what we believe. Like, this is how you're going to grow up. Mm-hmm. Um, but for people who do experience that, they need to be exposed to both sides in college to be able to make up their own minds about things. I would imagine there is some benefit to that. Well, so I, I make an active effort to stay away from echo chambers and I surround myself <clears throat> with people that I politically disagree with on a daily basis. Do you stick to that? And, yeah. and what's the benefit? I, I, I try to. Uh, mm-hmm. There aren't many people who... I mean, I, I, I would consider you a friend. Um, uh, yeah. and, and we don't agree on everything, which no. I don't see anything wrong with that. Absolutely um, not. Everyone else that I have you know, come in contact with here um, in the past who I was friends with, they, um, most of them don't follow me on social media anymore, blocked me on Snapchat, all of that stuff. So it, 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 it's mm-hmm. kind of hard for me to get that. Yeah. To, to, to have friends from both sides. Um, but I, I, I see nothing wrong with it. I, mm-hmm. I think that everyone should have, um, I don't really like if you're looking at like relationship standpoint, like, Going into marriage, I do think that your values should align a, a little bit. Yeah. I'm not saying I, I, so I'm so. not saying I'm going to marry someone who's 100 percent dedicated to the causes that I agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to friends, and unless they're you know very extreme and spewing all this nonsense, I don't think that there should be a reason for you to not be friends with someone because of because of their views. I agree. Um, and I, I was I was going to say something. I forget what I was going to say. No, but no. I was gonna say, I, I, I think you should, I think you should check out Bridge USA then, because you could definitely find some people yeah. there. You could find some people there, definitely that you could get, become friends with. I think that that if you wanted to look for more of those people, I mean, I, I know a couple. Yeah. I, I know a decent number, and I, I think, I think you would like it, just because you can go to that place and you can have a, a discussion with people, and it can get heated. You can be passionate. We like that. Yeah. But as long as you can leave, still you know, being friends and understanding each other. I think that's an and important I, thing. I, I don't mind people getting heated about things. Like if, 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 if you're passionate, like all to you, mm-hmm. um, I, the, the only thing I really ask is for you, like if you're going to, you know, claim things and push stuff that you can just defend it. Um, yeah. and as, as, as long as we can have a conversation where we're not just yelling at each other and that we're actually providing or like taking part in like an intellectual discussion, uh, mm-hmm. then I'm, I'm cool with like whatever you believe, believe in, as long as you're passionate about it and that you can defend your claims. I'm, mm-hmm. I have, I have no problem with that. Yeah. And I think it's the one thing that's also important is that we don't attack people's character. You can attack ideas yeah. all day. Yeah, of course. That's the point. I think there's some beauty in that and there's a benefit to really getting pushed back on your ideas. My dad's really good at doing that with me and I really do appreciate when he does it. It drives me crazy sometimes, but, yeah. <laughs> I, but, but I need that. So uh, sh- should we have a playful, in quotes, approach to politics? In other words, has our political culture become a little too serious and preachy and yes. <laughs> anger driven? And um, why should we be focused on cultivating understanding with each other? Well, because I, I, I just think the way that the political climate is right now, uh, I, I think the word you use serious is, would, would be a perfect way to describe it. Um, I, I just don't think that politics should be hundred percent of your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously if you are going into politics, that's understandable, but I, I think it's become, um, we, we've gotten to the point where politics is such a big deal that that's all we talk about. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why there are so many issues. Cause you know, if you're talking to someone and you find out that you don't agree with them, I mean, they're, 
there becomes problems there, and I think that they could be avoided if we weren't just so serious about <laughs> serious about everything. Yeah, we're gonna do a quick cut, and then we'll be back. How do you handle the criticism that you get? Does it ever? Does the hate ever get to you? Yeah, it, it, it does. Um, my freshman year, it was it was a little bit rough just because I was still relatively new to the campus. Mm -hmm. Um, when I started you know, experiencing backlash firsthand, um, getting, you know, people cursing me out via DM doesn't really bother me. Um, but yeah. when people are banging on my door and that's crazy, and, is that re like, yeah. how often did that happen? Um, depending on what poll, um, I, I put on my door. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you're really familiar with that, but I, I had this, um, whiteboard mm -hmm. that was on my dorm room door freshman year. And I started out with like, you know, what's your favorite Jolly Rancher flavor? Put a tally when you walk by just because I thought it would be something cool. Mm. Um, but that was 2019 to the end of 2020, which was getting into like election season again. Mm -hmm. So then I started, you know, do you support a wall at the southern border? Yes or no? Pro-life, pro-choice. Um, mm -hmm. I wouldn't even put my views. Like I didn't write like what I thought, mm -hmm. but um, people were so upset and offended by there just being a poll about it that they would you know I, I would wake up and they'd like you know curse words all over the board people would write that people would bang on my door um that that was a little scary for me you know just like safety wise yeah um sophomore <clears throat> year was when i had people on twitter threatened to dox my apartment number um they threatened to come you know physically assault me um, not that I thought it was going to actually happen, but that was, that was, you know, obviously a concern of mine as well. Um, especially because the person who was threatening to dox me claimed that he also lived in the same building I did. So that was like, oh, he might actually know where I live. Um, so that was scary. And then the yeah. whole petition thing, I didn't really think that that was, gonna, I, I didn't think that the, the university was going to take that seriously and actually mm -hmm. ban me from the university. Like, I, I don't think they were calling for me to be expelled. I think the word that we just used was banned. Um, I yeah, didn't think I mean, that Point Park was going to do anything about that, but the fact that that got over 500 signatures was a little concerning to me as well. Um, so, I mean, from everything I've experienced, I, I'm, I'm used to it by now. Um, mm -hmm. I, it still sucks that someone has to deal with that, but I'm, I'm not. it's not really a concern. Like, you're, you're entitled to hating me, and I'm entitled to... Saying what I want to say. Have you ever wanted to stop? In the beginning, yes, but now it's um, I'm I'm too far into. Yeah, I think you are. <laughs> to, to stop now. Yeah, I would agree. Well, that's interesting because I um, I wonder about that sometimes. Like I, I wonder if I'd be able to. I think I would get a little. I, I think the DMs wouldn't bother me, you know, because it's a person through a screen. And yeah, I, and I know they wouldn't like, you know, they and wouldn't, it, they wouldn't it, say it to me in person. It's, and it's, especially you know. the people who are doing it are people I've never met in person, so that wasn't a concern. Uh, when I started getting like, like my, I'm not, I'm not gonna say by name, but my my roommate a couple years ago, um, he when he reached out to me and was like, hey, I, he basically said I don't want to associate myself with you anymore. That to me was a little much because I was like, we've been friends for years. I, I was mm -hmm. roommates with you. We lived together. Um, so that was like, whoa, like that, mm -hmm. that, that was kind of a serious thing to me. And, and I, I would probably cite that as an example of me being like, maybe I should tone it back a little bit because mm -hmm. I'm losing people that I thought were my friends. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, when I'm getting messages from people from different schools or people 
who I've never met before. I'm not really, I'm not really too, too concerned. Yeah, uh, the, the petition thing was wild. Um, mm-hmm. and th- that was actually funny cause I was, um, my, my roommates at the time that that was going on, I lived with four other guys mm-hmm. and they all thought it was hilarious. Like they weren't like, Oh my gosh, like you bigot, like some people are trying to get you banned from campus. Um, but I, I, I signed the petition. I got all of them to sign it. I got my family to sign it. <laughs> wait, because... wait, 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 you yeah. signed it? In, in my head, I was like, if Point Park actually bans me, that's the easiest lawsuit win of my life. Like, I was kind of like, in the beginning, I'm like, shoot, this might go somewhere. And I was like, wait, what if it goes somewhere? <laughs> you signed it? Yeah, no, I, I signed it. My my brother signed it. All my roommates signed it. So I was like, that, that's the easiest, like, that's just like more opportunities for me to to get media opportunities and that's <clears throat> that's the easiest lawsuit in my life i would be set financially for a while so, that's how you win yeah in that situation you signed it. yeah i signed it when it i, I signed it the oh, day it started i think man. it was at like 70 signatures or something i woke up the next day it was at like 500 and I'm like, <laughs> you i signed was like it the Whoa. first day yeah. oh yeah. my god well, it was funny because okay. I, I didn't find out about it until after like i I, I was getting a lot of, like, hate DMs, um, mm-hmm. like, leading up to my Laura Ingram interview. And mm-hmm. then I went on Ingram, and I did my thing. And then after that, I my phone was, like, blow, like blowing up in my pocket. Yeah. Um. So right after the interview, I pull up my phone, and... The some of my friends that are that are still my friends right now, um, they were like, "Hey, did you see this?" And I pulled it up, and I was like, Ooh, "Wow!" I was like, "If yeah. only I knew about that before I went on Fox, that would have been the the topic of discussion." Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I didn't even know about it until afterwards, and I was like, "Shoot!" Because I, I didn't like th- my interview wasn't even live. Like it, I was recorded like live with her, mm-hmm. um, but they aired it the next day, so it's like. I, I was I was kind of nervous at that point because I was like they didn't even hear what I had to say yet. Like my Fox News appearance wasn't even live, so like if they're this mm-hmm. pissed off now, like yeah. I can't imagine what things are going to be twenty four <clears throat> hours from now. Yeah. Do you feel that your identity has been taken over by your political activism? What are What are some things about you that you would want people to know that they wouldn't know? from the news articles and the social media posts? Well, I mean, there are a lot of other things that I'm passionate about. I mean, I, I love traveling uh, all throughout, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school. I was a, a runner. I did cross-country track. Mm-hmm. That that was definitely a big part of my identity. Um, something that I'm probably most proud of myself is that, I mean, a lot of people don't even know this, but uh, in elementary school, I struggled with Tourette's a lot. Mm-hmm. It was like the hardest thing for me um, I, I think that started in second grade. Um, I've got certain tics, like, you know, tensing my arm up, mm-hmm. like snapping. I would just randomly snap, humming, like blinking my eyes sometimes. Mm-hmm. People always thought I was like winking at them. I'm like, no, I just, I just have a problem. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and then third grade is when I, the stutter was really bad. Like I couldn't go through a sentence without saying like a word like 14 times. Like mm-hmm. it was awful. Wow. Um, but I, I did speech therapy and kind of got through that. And in high school, I was heavily involved in a uh, the Future Business Leaders of America, mm-hmm. um, and I was elected state president, and I got opportunities to speak in front of, like, 7,000 people. Holy cow. So it's like I was able to go from not wanting to speak in front of a class because I was made mm-hmm. fun of to s- taking the stage and walking around with the microphone and being a public speaker. So it's like, I, I'm mm-hmm. not all politics. Mm-hmm. Obviously, right now, it seems to be that way. Mm-hmm. Um 
but yeah, no, there, there are definitely there are definitely other things that I that I do. <laughs> no, that's cool. I didn't know that about you, and that that is that is really great. Do you ever want to unplug from all of it? Yeah, I mean, the, the, uh, right now I, I would like to, um, especially because the election cycle is we we got some time until all of that starts playing out. Obviously, during the election, I I would like to get involved, and I am, mm-hmm. am very outspoken. Um, right now, it'd be I'd, I'd be glad to take a break if everyone could just get along. I, I feel like I could stop taking stances on things, but it seems like every day you wake up, there's another mm. controversy and there's something else. And it's like me being one of the main conservative voices on campus. Like I'm like, I probably should. <laughs> oh, interesting. So you don't think you can take a break? No, because if I do, it's just like, especially on this campus, it's just one side. Mm-hmm. Um, not that everyone's dying, not that all the conservatives on campus are dying to hear my, my, my take on things, but it's like, but in a way they would probably appreciate having a voice. Yeah. That yeah. Of course. Them. And I, I, I don't, I don't only take stand. Like I, I usually prioritize things I take stances on. Like if it's something I'm personally passionate about, like I'm definitely going to take a stance on that. If it's something that I'm just like, Oh, if I don't say something about, the Balenciaga controversy, then mm-hmm. the conservative voice won't have a voice. It's like, I, I, I'm not doing that. Right. But th- there are things that, um, like I, I'm, I'm very pro-life. So if there's something that happens, um, abortion wise, I'll probably take a stance on that mm-hmm. things like that. But I, I, I'm hoping that since we are a little bit away from the 2024 election, I can kind of take a break. Um, mm-hmm. but also being a, you know, a journalist, I'd, am heavily involved with politics on a day-to-day basis. Right. So you, you wouldn't ever, cause I, right after, uh, late, late June, I deleted Instagram and I just unplugged from everything for about, I would love, I months. would love to, why not? Why not but do just it? because the field I'm in, I need mm-hmm. exposure to <clears throat> that because a lot of the people I follow on Instagram go to different schools and that's how I keep up with what's going on on other campuses. Cause I write about higher education like mm-hmm. that. Like that's my bit. So, um, I feel like it would be, I, I've always wanted to delete social media. I think that life would be a lot better, but that would kind of put me at a disadvantage compared to the hundreds of other correspondents I work with. Mm-hmm. Like that gives me a disadvantage on what news I'm consuming and what, you know, protest I'm getting exposure to and stuff like that. Would you ever consider taking a break from politics and our education to write about something else for a little bit to try something new i yeah i i don't see myself writing about higher education for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. um upon graduation i would love to go into i i mean i i think the goal would be to write about politics or talk about politics i don't Mm. maybe a break being a couple months (laughs) but i Mm. i I don't see myself you know taking a couple years and writing about doing like movie reviews or anything like that mm, like I, like sports I, or anything yeah, like no. that I, i'm not even really a big sports guy either Neither so I. so yeah, I um no I, I i think i'm stuck with politics and politics is stuck with me <laughs> all right what's next for you after point park what's the plan the plan would be um in a in an ideal world would be to continue my work, work with campus reform um they've given me they've given me so much and i mm-hmm. think that i've really grown with them Mm-hmm. Um, so doing that full time would be great. Um, their headquarters is located in Arlington, Virginia. So I would be in the DC area, okay. which is a dream of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as soon as I'm able to, um, you know, get a lot done with them, I'd, I'd love to kind of work my way up. 
Um, I think Fox News would be the the end goal, but really, mm-hmm. really anywhere that you know gives gives me the opportunity to use my voice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would prefer doing more analysis and opinion stuff. Um, but if that doesn't work out, I'd love to just you know straight news report on politics. Mm-hmm. You ever? Well, I was telling you, I was thinking like you'd go to the Daily Wire. I know. I know. Well, it's be... funny because because you, you said that the other day. I was like, why don't I think about that? Because. In, in my, do, to be doing honest. this, like j- just being able to sit down and just like, oh, this is my opinion and have people listen to you. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's cool to me. So yeah. th- that, that would be the ideal, like doing a podcast or having, like, I, I'm not comparing myself to Tucker, but like what he yeah. does, like he, yeah. yeah, he's on a news station, but he gives his opinion on air. Yeah. I, he has like his own show yeah. inside of it. Yeah. I was thinking like, I'll just, I'll just keep it a stack with you. Like I, I'm not like crazy about Fox news. And to me, I'm thinking like. You're too good to go over yeah. there. Like the Daily Wire, I think would be so much better yeah. for you or something like that. Well, the, you could have your own show. The Daily Wire has really grown. They're huge. Yeah. Um, They're huge. Especially with the um, and I know we're gonna get into Star Wars later, but mm-hmm. the uh, I, I don't know what her last name is. Gina. She was in the Mandalorian. Gina Carano. Yeah. yeah. Um, she got booted from that show, and Daily Wire scooped her up and wants to do movies. With yeah. Her. So it's like they're they're definitely they're definitely branching out a little bit, and I think that. Yeah, they're not at their full potential yet. I I, I think that they're going to continue to grow, um, especially so with the people that they're getting mm-hmm. involved with. Uh, I, I think yeah. that there definitely is a lot of potential with that. I don't I don't agree with everything that they oh, say know, or no, do, no, no, but not at all. I really appreciate their perspective and <clears throat> I appreciate the 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 content that they bring to the market. And I think that you can't deny that level of success. They make so much money and they put yeah, out exactly. so much content and it's p- clearly people like it. And I, I was a super big, I, I'm, I guess I have to premise this. I'm a fan of Jordan Peterson for his work as a psychologist and his work as an academic. Mm-hmm. When it comes to politics, not as much, yeah. some of it, but not as much. I am a psychologist jordan peterson fan so whenever i mean he's a he's a brilliant individual he's brilliant and whenever he goes on the daily wire and he's doing like a breakdown of the bible with another with a round table of scholars like that i think would be really interesting to me and whenever he's doing documentaries in areas that are the foundation of western civilization i'm also i think really interested in that um well other stuff i could maybe pass but like when he does the the stuff on like marriage and stuff like i think that stuff's really interesting to me so i i i love that they got to deal with him because I think that they yeah. could really allow him to make content that he wouldn't have otherwise been able to make. Just looking at the audience that they... Because I have a lot of people who don't identify with like my politics that mm-hmm. expose themselves to Daily Wire content. Yeah. Um, but looking at how many people they're able to reach... Um, cause you have, you know, the people that do the podcast and their shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the majority of the big names within the Daily Wire have college tours. So it's like they're they're getting so many different groups of people, um, mm-hmm. and I, I think that that's that's really really great. Yeah, well, I guess we brought it up. This is a bit of a pivot. Um, I think I was originally planning to be the other way around, but then I kind of forgot about that. But we did bring up Gina Carano. So do you think? Uh, I I need you to give me your uh, I need to give me your Star Wars ranking of the the newer stuff. Like I need to know. Maybe we should talk about the Mandalorian first. What yeah. do you think about the Mandalorian? I, I, I love the Mandalorian. Um, 
I think that it's a really good mixture of new and nostalgia. Uh, mm. They're they're I I I'm just I'm really worried with. Obviously, I love the older stuff, but like mm-hmm. if Star Wars is going to do new, I don't want them to just milk all of the previous stuff that they've done. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. So this isn't a spoiler because it's been out so long. But like, yeah, yeah no, the, I'm, the, spoiler alert. Yeah. Sorry, it's out there now. If Let's you haven't go. finished all of Star Wars, skip this part. But uh, <laughs> um, no, Mandalorian. Like the end of the second season, when 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 Luke was there, like that th- shit was that, cool. It was amazing. That shit was cool, man. Um, and and it wasn't like he was only there for five minutes of it out of the whole like I, I yeah I, he i was worried that he was gonna he was gonna be the main character of the whole show but i i, I think that that was the that was a perfect amount of like balance yeah i think so too yeah, and it, it, it didn't take away from the storyline that we were experiencing no it was just it was like the the darth vader scene at the end of rogue one it was just that oh but over beautiful again. and those beautiful. are that's still yeah. like my favorite scene that's yeah that's like so cool. if because rogue one is my favorite star wars movie rogue one's great yeah um yeah, i love rogue one but like if they made Darth Vader like the main character of that whole movie, I would have been like, okay. But just having yeah, that exactly. little appearance, like it's all you need. It was nostalgia, but it made sense. Like it was an yeah. appropriate mm-hmm. because it leads into the next movie. And that's yeah. Darth Vader is literally the one of the first characters you're introduced to in A New Hope. Yeah. So it's like that was the perfect balance. Um it mm-hmm. was a beautiful scene. It was very well executed. Um Yes, yeah, so, I mean Rogue One was a was a great yeah. film. Rogue One's great. <laughs> I thought Mandalorian season one was fantastic. Yep. I thought season two was solid. I still thought season two was great. I love that they brought like the other Mandalorians into the show. Wait, but you like season one more than two? Season one to me is perfect. Season one's a ten out of ten. Season two, I think, is maybe still like a nine. I, I think it's been a while since I've watched. Yeah, it. I was gonna say really because go I haven't seen season one in a while. I. I, I I didn't not like season one. Like I thought it was good. I just think season two was was probably a little you bit could, better. I mean, you could certainly make yeah. the argument for that. Yeah, but okay, so then there was uh, Kenobi, Kenobi, which was I thought good. was just. Um, I, I loved. I'm it. hoping they don't do a season two. I, I you really you don't no. want. You don't want more. No. Like, what are they gonna do? Like, like where? <laughs> like, like where were they left off? Hmm. No, that's actually a good ass point. They'd have them go like they'd have to almost like start over. Like yeah. they, they didn't really set up. Yeah, that's actually a good point. They didn't and, really it, set and it's up like anything. it was it was hyped. I'm this might be a little. I think it was a little bit overhyped. <laughs> yeah, I could see it. I yeah, thought I I, I, it was a good show. I was I was really happy with it. But it, I mean, it was just you know, oh my gosh, Kenobi's coming back, and that was it was only six episodes, and it was I mean, the storyline was good. Uh, I wasn't really a fan of Reva. I, I didn't really like that part of it. I thought it was cool that she was like a youngling. Like I didn't yeah, always, I didn't see cool. that coming. Uh, you know, you know what it was for me. I think it was that, like, I, I think with her, they were trying to write sort of an arrogant villain. Yeah. But they made her not likable. Yeah. Like, it, I think it, you can. She, have, she wasn't likable. I think, I think the actress did a good job with the role, but I think in the writing it was like. And then like made... her like killing the Grand Inquisitor. That was so stupid. When you just kn- the... when you knew that he was alive during the like rebels area of things. Like I was like that. That was that was kind of. Oh dumb. yeah, I didn't even yeah. think about that. Yeah, see, I, I see, I didn't watch Rebels, but I knew he wasn't gonna. Stay I haven't dead. finished Rebels, <laughs> but I've gotten to, I've gotten far enough where I knew that he's in it, and I know that that all takes place after Kenobi. Yeah, and for me, I'm also to me when I first saw that, I was thinking like he's such a problem for them in Rebels that how is she just gonna like? Yeah, no, for real, gone. yeah. It's just, like it's it was, such, especially with like Ahsoka being one of the main characters in Rebels. Like Ahsoka's definitely more skilled and trained than Reva's. So yeah, for her I, mean, I would imagine. Poke him. Yeah. <laughs> no, it didn't really make sense. And to be honest, like I, <clears throat> after that second episode, I was pretty worried. Legit, yeah. like I was like, oh no, what is this gonna be? <clears throat> Sorry, but um, 
No, but yeah, I mean, overall, I'm, Kenobi was good. Um, that that the, last fight the, scene, yeah, beautiful. The the, the flashbacks, the flashbacks were so good. The Order sixty six flashback with the younglings. I did not. I did not see that coming. But that was that was, was something I I, <laughs> did, I didn't know I needed to see. I yeah, didn't I mean, know it, I needed to 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 relive younglings being yeah. slaughtered. But and then we had Book of Boba Fett. That was pretty good. Which uh, I'm not gonna it, lie to you. It wasn't. I, it wasn't spectacular. <clears throat> I sleep on Book of Boba Fett. I gave it a six out of ten. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't like. You know what they did? They gave up on Boba Fett like three quarters of the it way through. It wasn't even in the show. And they were just it like, was Mandalorian season three. <laughs> exactly. It was, it was Mandalorian season two and a half because there was an entire episode where Boba Fett wasn't in the show. And yes. It was just an episode of The Mandalorian in the middle. And, it and just... Luke Skywalker more and ba- Baby Yoda. And... <laughs> to anybody over... Because listen, the, the Star Wars executives, they listen to this show. This is the documented fact. I can prove. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the the running bit. Is that like? You know, but they listen to the show. Listen, Star Wars executives. If and anybody in Hollywood, if you want to make the most terrifying villain anybody has ever seen, take an old actor, de-age them with CGI, and then grab their voice with AI and then make a character. Because de-aged Luke Skywalker was. I had nightmares. It was. It was so unsettling looking at yeah. de-aged Luke Skywalker walking around with Grogu. Yeah. It was horrifying. I was like, this is. Not right. <laughs> well, not. the the change in CGI from Mandalorian season two to Book of Boba Fett was amazing. It was like, very the, good. Yeah. They did such a better job. It with, was. With I them. imagine it was because they it might have been a little last minute yeah. or something. Or yeah. It was a short scene. But even then, I was unsettled by de-aged Mark Hamill with AI. I think it was AI Mark Hamill voice or something like they. It was. I was very unsettled by all of it. <laughs> That's how you make a truly horrifying villain. It's for like, me. Why, why was that storyline in Book of Boba Fett? Like, I don't it doesn't know. Make, that was like it was frustrating. It was. To me. I mean, it semi makes sense because I I think I mean it takes place right after Mandalorian season and two. I think. And but like to me, they just abandoned the show and they just got people hyped for season. And three then of it's like bringing in Cad Bane and just to get rid of killing him. Like I, th- I think seeing more of him live action would have been cool. That would have been great because again, that's another character that was such a problem in the Clone Wars. He exactly, ran circles yeah. around everyone. He, and him and him. Bo- and him and Boba Fett had a lot of interaction. In yeah, and then they Clone just Wars. showed up, yeah. and it was just yeah. I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie to you. Very few times have I been done watching a Star Wars piece of content and been disappointed. I think episode nine was a bit disappointing. Episode eight was oh, a bit... Oh, I, I so much rage episodes, about episode episodes nine. Episodes nine and eight were a little disappointing to me. I thought the seven Force Awakens... Seven was disappointing. I mean, looking, I looking back, seven is probably my favorite out of the, the, Easily. the sequels. Easily. Um, but just us having a... What was it? A 10-year gap from Star Wars movies? Because I think episode three came out in 05. Something like that. Um, yeah. But just there being such a gap. And then, you know... Female Jedi, cool, um, but she, lazy writing. Though. Yeah, not a no, good character. Just, she didn't have much training, and she's just the best Jedi we've ever seen. And I just didn't like how how f- quick she was with things. I I would have liked to see a little bit more training. Um, see, I kind of liked that part. Because it just to doesn't me, I make thought it was, sense to me though. I thought it was cool because they always talk about like, oh, the Force is everywhere. It's a living thing, and yeah. it interacts in mysterious ways. So, to but me, just I her be like, her mastering it so quickly—that's a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I could see unless, that. Unless like she's like a prodigy, which obviously we know like her family line now. Granddaughter of Pop—that was the laziest yeah. thing ever. Yeah, I would have been. But way like, no, to but me. like her, like if her parents were some big things, then that would maybe make a little bit more sense. But. I wouldn't like that either. I think it would, but to me, I, I wouldn't have liked it, but it would have made more sense. Yeah, no, to me, it would have been the coolest if they just brought in a female Jedi lead. Great, 
write a good character, and then just make her a badass for no reason. And she'd be like, because that's how the Force works. Like, if it interacts yeah. in mysterious ways, like, just but make then, a nobody really But then, really like, cool. I was a little upset because then you got the flashbacks of Luke training Leia. I thought that that would have been cool to maybe see Leia take on the Force a little bit, but you don't even see that. Yeah, so I think she, like, like, chose not to yeah. in the story, that kind yeah. of thing. But, okay, and then we had Andor, which I thought was brilliant. My favorite I show. Love my the, favorite Star Wars I don't show. know if it's my favorite style. I still don't Above know if Clone I can... Wars. Above Clone Wars. Oh, see, I can't do that. I can't do that. I just... It was so... <laughs> it's just... It's just different. It, no, it was different. Well, that, that era of Star Wars is my <clears throat> favorite. Like, the building of the Rebellion. Yeah, no, that part is the coolest. No, that part's definitely, without a doubt, that part's great. We we were watching it together, Gavin. And I, we just finished it a couple of days ago. I thought it was fantastic. I legit... I don't know if you remember this. I don't remember there being a single filler episode that I was not happy with. I mean, like, the first couple episodes, I could see were, like, pretty... Yeah. They did drop three. They weren't really, like... F- I wouldn't say it was filler, but they were slow. Like, there no, wasn't no, much no, no, action. That's true. They did yeah. drop... Was this one where they dropped three right yep. in the beginning? Yep. And you could have condensed, like, the second and third one into one episode. Yep. Aside from that, episode four to 12 or those 12 yep. episodes it was eight bangers in a row like i legitimately and it, had it, a it, good time. it got better too it did get yeah. better absolutely um and it was it was interesting because like they more episodes than they thought of them being in that prison system um but it all it all made sense yeah, it, at the end it was kind of like <laughs> when each... you when, when you found out what they were building i'm like i still don't know what they were building i'm pretty sure it was the death star oh see the whole time did you did you watch the the end credit scene for andor did you stay till after the credits? <laughs> There's an end credit scene. For it's it's Andor? like ten seconds. It's just oh. it's just the um them them putting the final piece into the into the the Death oh, Star. Oh yeah, no, I, I yeah. think I, I think I saw that on Instagram. Um, yeah, no, I did, I did. But yeah. ev- even when they zoomed out of the plant, it looked like the the symbol for the um. What's the word I'm looking for? For the like the like the the, the, the like stormtrooper yeah yeah the, the, the empire logo, the empires yeah, the, yeah. um oh, I didn't that, think about that, that I was wondering that's, that's what the prison itself looked like yeah um I don't know if it's I, don't, I mean I I don't want to say that that's a hundred percent what they were building but I I think that that's what I took away from I mean, it that would that would make sense because they were building something like that but but I, I I was talking about Andor last night with some of my friends and they're like the fact that we learned that like Cassian Andor was building what killed him is. Ooh, beautiful. that's crazy it's if you beautiful. think about that. If that is the Death Star, that's actually crazy. Yeah, it was cool because they, in a way, they made every episode was like a different story. Yeah. And they were all really short, but they didn't feel rushed. And no, it didn't not at all. Feel... And they all came together. And they all but, came yeah. together. Yeah, I thought that was great. Um, I the, thought that... the last episode was beautiful. Wow, he made the Empire look like such goofs in that show. Yeah. He ran circles around them. No, I thought I thought that Stellan Skarsgård was great. I'm a fan of his. Like any movie he's been in, I yeah. like I've liked. He was great as that character when he would switch back between like Luthen and then the yep. the, the the jewelry guy. I thought see, that was really The funny. actor who plays Luthen I like a lot too. So it was it was cool to see him in the That is in Stellan Skarsgård. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, that okay. is yeah, that he is Luthen and then he was the yeah, jewelry yeah. guy. And I thought that was funny. That was like a cool little transition. Well, I I saw like a I don't know if it's like an analysis or a reaction video, but it was too um it was kind of breaking down his reaction to seeing the hologram scene. Um, and it was oh, just yeah. him kind of like giving the smallest smirk, and they were like the fact that that sh- that enough just shows that like oh like maybe I shouldn't kill Andor I should work with him yeah and just the, it was just such a subtle way of him kind of 
shifting over. Yeah, they put a lot of subtlety in there. I thought that was really nice. And um, yeah, I just I I loved it. I was kind of worried because after Book of Boba Fett, I was really disappointed in the end of that show, and I was thinking like oh, I might start going downhill. For how a did it, bit. how did that end? It was like okay, I don't remember the names of any of the. Uh, it was the one crime syndicate was coming to Tatooine, which I'm tired of seeing. By the way, uh, d- can we get? <laughs> Again, the I, star, under, I understand its significance. Again, but... I know I understand that the Star Wars executives listen to this show weekly. <laughs> Get Tatooine out of here! I don't want to see it anymore. The beauty of Clone Wars was that we were taken to a different planet. I got nervous arc. in Andor because I, from what I don't know if it was snow or sands, but when they when they swam to shore, they were on. I I thought it was a sandy. And you were like, planet. oh, my and I'm like, oh God, not again. again. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, but um, I'm tired of seeing Tatooine. I really am. But in the end of Book of Boba Fett, it was like the crime syndicate coming to like take over Mos Espa and Boba was and like, that's no, when, this is my And he was riding and on the, the, the Ranker the giant, or whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah. And, Boba, and Cad Bane turned up and it was this whole like weird that fight. That scene was so pathetic. And then the Mandalorian showed up to like save the day and then when they made... I knew that they were going to have to like either make Grogu pick the Mandalorian over yeah. Luke or that Kylo Ren was going to have to kill him. Did that happen like, in... Why did that happen yeah, in Book I of Boba know, Fett? Man, that part, when I watched that episode, I legitimately stopped watching it. That episode, I, I think it. that episode was the was that the last episode or, or that was like the last two. Was, was like, that the one that Boba Fett was not in it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gro- <laughs> Grogu picks Mandalorian over Luke with the little Beskar shirt, which was adorable. It was like yeah, a little yeah. Beskar. He picks that, and then he ends up going all the way back to the Mandalorian in the middle of the fight. Yeah. It's like oh, so lazy. Yeah. It just felt like. It was. I don't know. I it, was it was a like it wasn't a bad <clears throat> show, but it didn't really seem necessary. I it started off great. Yeah. Episode two when he was like fighting the on the train, seismic charges sand, going off were always a good sound to experience. That was great, and I was oh, really yeah. excited in that episode when they were when they were trying to take over the tra- the speeding train. The, that the, was the great. Uh, pirates or whatever. Yeah, that was chasing great. them on the on the speeders, and I was so excited. And then, and the whole lore with the sand people was awesome. And oh, like that, that, whole that thing. too. That 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 was a good. It aspect was great. Of that it had show. so much potential. And then for some reason, they I don't know whether they like got cut on time or if they got like short on like money or if they just got bored. I don't know what it I was. remember. I remember thinking to myself like I never thought I would actually respect the Tuscan Raiders, but. The Tusken Raiders are cool yeah. after that. They, which that's cool. If you can take the bad guys and and, and give them like and, humanize and, them, like that's like, great. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I I love when they did stuff like that. But uh, and I was just I kind of sleep on Booga Boba Fett. Yeah, like I was smart. watching that stuff with my parents, and I was like, like in the ring. I'm trying. I'm trying to like ranking right now. For me, it would be. I'm not talking movies because movies yeah. like. We didn't really get into movies that much. Because I don't like but... the movies that much. None of them really. The original three are the original classic. three are good. But um, like one, two, I three, love, like, I love Phantom Menace, and people hate me for that. I love that movie. I don't hate you for it, but I'm just kind of like, eh, on Phantom Menace. I mean, you know, Attack of the Clones, I love too. I haven't seen that movie in ten years. Probably, uh, I, I just think it's the battle on Genesis that that I like. Yeah, that part's cool. It's, yeah. it's legendary. Um, three, gotta... three is obviously good. I mean, the the, the six. Episode episode three is so much of a meme that I can watch the entire movie and I get a meme for the different <laughs> scenes yes. of the whole movie. There's like I can I can go through the whole thing, especially the last twenty minutes. <laughs> oh yeah, there's so many. Um, Which is kind of why that movie is maybe like yeah. it doesn't get in my it doesn't get on my like, list though. Looking at the the recent five movies that came out, like only one of them stood out, and that was Rogue One. Like Han Solo is not a bad movie. No, Solo's fun. 
but it's not good. Yeah. It's just fun yeah. to watch. You know, Rogue One is probably, I don't know if I can give you my top five. I don't know. I loved the Clone Wars. R- R- Rogue the One's my show. Okay, well, show-wise, I'd probably go like... I'm putting them all together. We're putting them all together. What, all the shows. And the movies. Uh, oh, I don't, yeah. know if, I don't know if I can combine the list. <laughs> You're going to combine them. You have to try. Do we count? Shoot. Do we count Clone Wars season seven as, as a separate own thing? thing? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Actually, can we count just the last four episodes as the whole thing? Because the first eight, I didn't care about at all. The f- the first, f- the ones with the Bad Batch were okay. The middle four was the lamest arc in the yeah. history of Clone Wars. It was like. Th- what is this? I don't know. Every this. other s- episode was, oh no, C3PO and R2D2 got lost. And they need, like, Mm-mm. I understand yeah. you need some filler episodes, but when oh. the majority of the season does not contribute to the story at all. In Clone Wars season one through six, there's probably 25% of it that is that are bangers. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because those are so good that it makes up for the other 75% just being filler. There's a lot of filler in Clone Wars, but yeah. it doesn't matter because yeah. when you get to. Episode, certain episodes like when Obi-Wan Kenobi goes undercover and they go to the box with Count Dooku and it's like the game with all the bounty hunters that's my oh, favorite yeah. that's yeah. my favorite arc in the Clone Wars that episode those episodes are so good well, okay well I'm gonna do separate lists first sure you can do separate and then and then, and then I'll combine because I just need to like I, I would say Andor for show is Andor my favorite really good yeah Andor is good then I'll do Probably Clone Wars season, season seven. seven. Yeah. Mandalorian. <clears throat> Mandalorian was great. Yeah. Kenobi. Yeah. I don't I'm not gonna break up seasons because then we're here all yeah. day. We're here all day with that. So what's that four? Yeah, and then you I think the only ones you got left are like oh I saw I just for disclosure, I haven't finished Tales of the Jedi yet. I only saw uh, the first I only saw I, the first uh, two episodes. It was good, but I don't think it's top five worthy. No, because they're just like little stories. Yeah, it's, it's literally really... they're like I think they're like 12 minutes like the animation minutes. was insane. oh it's good no it's definitely good and and it it wasn't just like they just did it to do it like it added yeah it added it, it added. added depth to the story um, yeah the episode with ahsoka was like the second one was the last one i watched and the animation was beautiful was the, like, the first so episode good. was ahsoka too no the first one was with qui-gon jinn and count dooku going to that planet well, the, the first episode of ahsoka i thought that one was a little slow like like, like of, of of her as a baby Oh, are there, is Ahsoka in multiple episodes? Yeah. Then no. The one of her as a baby, that's the one that I watched. Three yeah. of them are Ahsoka and three of them are uh, Count Dooku. Really? Yep. Is there a particular reason why they did that? And it's done in a oh, weird order, cool. too. Like, it's not the first three are Ahsoka and the last three are Count no, Dooku. Like, like, they're, yeah, like, intertwined. Yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of how Star Wars, yeah. that's kind of how yeah. did it. I would say my fifth show might be... Well, which ones am I missing? Not Book of Boba Rebels Fett. and me, me, Resistance. Me, I never watched Resistance. I haven't seen Resistance. I heard it was kind of 5 out of 10. And there's Visions. I haven't watched Visions either. That's, what is that? It's like an anime Star Wars. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, we watched a couple of those our freshman year, and they were all right. They were I haven't okay. watched that. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't seen Bad Batch yet either. Oh, yeah. Bad Batch was like... I'll put, I'll put Rebels at 5. Sure. Rebels, I mean, that, 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 that's Rebels accept, is That's good. acceptable. Bad Batch was like four five episodes in the beginning that were good and then i swear to god for seven weeks it was fillers i just there was so many filler episodes they just kept going to a new place yeah saying that they were going to do the same thing well with rebels so many the fillers are annoying too because it's like yeah they're part of the like rebellion but it's also like they do tasks for other people 
So it's just people reaching out like, oh, can you do this shipment for me? And then they go it's back. Side and, quests. Yeah, it's it's yeah. side quests. Skyrim. Why are we doing this? They're <laughs> side quests. They really are. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I didn't, I just I just wasn't really crazy about it. And the, the the only scene of Rebels that I've ever seen is when Darth Maul goes to fight Obi Wan Kenobi in the desert. Yeah, and Kenobi fucks him up. That's the that's and it's such a good scene. But that's the only scene that I've seen from Rebels. Well, I don't want to spoil anything then, because I I have no interest in watching. There's it another. I I think this is yeah. This has to be in Rebels. Well, there's a scene when Ahsoka is fighting Darth Vader. I've also seen that one. No, I've and, seen that one. And too. Yeah. that's when she slashes his helmet, which to me is why I think I appreciated that scene in Kenobi so much. Oh, because that was like a parallel. Yeah, no, that's yeah. cool. No, that actually that's really. I think interesting. it was opposite side. I don't know if it was the same. I, I think it was opposite sides of the helmet. If too, it was which opposite was cool. sides, that would be crazy. Yeah. That would be really cool. If that was intentional, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I I guess my list would be pretty similar, except I put Mandalorian over Andor. I love the Mandalorian. I know, uh, man, I'm not like hating on Mandalorian oh, at all. Of course not. But um, you like Andor more, which is fine. It's just I don't know. Well, Rogue One's my favorite movie. I just like that era. Also, so I, yeah, yeah, no, Rogue One. Rogue One was great because it was Star Wars without lightsabers, which I think like that it's, was Star probably, Wars without lightsabers is beautiful. It was probably not easy to do, but they did a really good yeah. job doing. it. And there was not a there wasn't a single lightsaber in Andor, and it was perfect. So. Oh, you don't, yeah. You, you know what? I you don't was, need lightsabers. I for thought Star Wars. there was gonna be one. So I was, I was nervous out there because I was like, please whenever, don't ruin it. Whenever Luth, uh, the fact that Saw Gerrera was in Andor yeah. was sick. Yeah. Whenever Luthen went to go see Saw Gerrera, he pulled out something from his coat and he uh, gave it to the security guard, and I was like, that looks like a lightsaber. And I thought maybe he was gonna like pull it out and be like, well, the whatever. whole the whole Saga era thing is good because it's like I was also nervous that they were gonna milk that too much, but I think that was mm-hmm. perfect. Was perfect, yeah, yeah. And he he was in shoot Rebels or Clone Wars. He was in one. He of was those. in Clone yeah. Wars. Yeah. Was he in? No, no. He was in. He was in Bad Batch. He was in the Bad Batch. Well, he was. He was in one of. The, he was in one of the other ones too. Because yeah. I haven't seen Bad Batch. And he's I remember not in Clone Wars. He was. I think it is Clone Wars. Maybe he's, more, he, he's, he's a lot younger. Maybe in one of the older, older seasons. Yeah. 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 Then I don't remember that one. But no, he was in bad. They mentioned I, I him in bad. I think it's like Dash. something like his sister died or something. Yeah, I don't remember I don't anything remember. about him. But he's a really cool character. Yeah. He's no, really but cool. Like, I think one of the things I liked about Andor a lot was like, it was it was a lot more serious. Like, yeah. in some of the fighting scenes, like, they didn't, like, overdo it with, like, loud music. Like, it was literally heavy breathing, shooting. That's like, it true. Was, like, it was pretty gritty. It didn't feel like Star Wars, but it was, it yeah, was good. It was gritty, but it wasn't too... It didn't take itself too seriously, but it, it was it was very nice. And then there's the, there's the one scene when they're on that beach, and there's, like, a song that's playing. It's, like, club music. Oh, yeah, yeah, And I was yeah, like, yeah. how is this Star Wars right now? But it, but it is yeah. somehow. And it was good. It was good. My favorite detail from Andor... Was in the very first episode when the little droid, the Wally, I call him Wally because I thought he was yeah. Wally. He walks up and Cassian goes, How much energy do you have? Can you tell a lie? And he was like, You know, it takes more energy for me to lie. And they didn't have to do that, but that is such a great detail that droids have to use more energy yeah. to tell yeah. a lie. Which and, is what and that droid stutters, so I felt like representative. Exactly. <laughs> Which is what humans do. Like yeah. we, it takes more energy for us to lie about something. And I thought that was really cool. Like it made him a very human character. Yeah. And they always do a good job making the droids like my face. Somehow my droid, the droids are always like in my top three characters for a show. They always do it. Somehow. How do you feel? I I don't like BB-8. I don't know. I don't know what you think about that. I'm a BB-8 fan, but just like okay, you know, BB-8 in the Force Awakens. 
I forget everything after The Force Awakens. Yeah, I just don't. Yeah, re- I just enough. don't recognize yeah. or remember any of it. I mean, C three PO and R two D two you can't really hate on. But no, and there also R two D two wasn't in Andor. So his streak is over. Oh, no. Because he was in in every every single piece of content they ever made. He was in everything. Was was C-3PO the same? No. He wasn't because C-3PO wasn't in Kenobi. But R2-D2 was in Kenobi. Uh, Wait, when? Wasn't R2-D2 in Kenobi? At least in a flashback or something? Uh, Maybe in a flashback. Well, R2-D2 was in Mandalorian Season 2. He was. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so then maybe Kenobi ended his streak, but he it was a pretty good run there for him. He, he was might have been in a flashback. I'm I'm just trying to think of when I thought I remembered seeing oh, him somewhere. Maybe. Well where's R2 like what planet would have R2 I thought there was a flashback to episode three before the fight well, with him and Anakin. He would have was... been with Leia? I don't remember. But he was in Because C PO and R2 D2 were with Leia. In A New Hope, which is when the yeah. whole... I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember either, but either way, he had a great run. Yeah, he was in everything, run. and now... Imagine if they, like, blew him up. Like, imagine if they killed off R2-D2. <laughs> you can't. You can't. I think there would be... I think there would be riots in the streets. Yeah. I would be I would be sad. I don't know if I'd go outside and, like, hold a sign or anything like that, but I'd be pretty upset. I just realized that this entire... All joys matter. I just... <laughs> We're not doing that. <laughs> We're not doing that. I just realized that this entire time, all of our listeners or viewers... If you guys want Wi-Fi. Now, yeah, they now have the Media Hub Wi-Fi. Huh. Well, it's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe. Is it, are you using it? Are you using this Wi-Fi? Is it? How is it? Okay. Well, then we're pretty... <laughs> okay, we'll move on from Star Wars. That was fun. That was fun. It was not as, uh, you know, I don't know if people thought that was going to get controversial, but I, I'm, I'm a. I, I, think, thought, I thought we were going to be yelling at each other. I think but. in general, I don't know if I'm a very controversial person. I think I'm just kind of boring like that. Okay. <laughs> all right. So we have some uh, we have some questions that we like to ask all of our guests at the end, or toward, not at the end, but like, you know, toward the latter half. Because um, I think they're fun. What was one small act of kindness you were once shown that you'll never forget? Hmm. You talk about like like you want something that's like small, like yeah, just a sm- something small or random that you didn't think was gonna happen, but you'll never forget it. A couple months after I was on Fox, mm-hmm. I went home to visit family, and so my neighbor's son who i'm not really like familiar with like we're mm-hmm. not like close mm-hmm. uh she was he was visiting his mom which is the mom's my neighbor mm-hmm. and he saw my car in the driveway mm-hmm. so he walked over and he was like hey i noticed you were home um I, and he said i don't necessarily agree with you but i just wanted to congratulate you on oh, you know cool. making that step yeah um so like i i thought it was cool one because we weren't really close so mm-hmm. I mean, if it was someone who was closer, um, I, 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 I don't want to say I would have expected that from them, but I, it would have made more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that he said that, like, he didn't agree with me, but it's cool. still coming over to, like, congratulate me for taking, yeah. taking that step in my career was, was, was really cool. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it is cool. I, I do like that whenever people can admit that they don't agree with me. Oh, you, yeah. that takes, not that it takes courage, but it does take 
I mean, it does. It, it takes it takes a little bit of something in you to to look at something or listen to something that you don't agree with, yeah. and to be able to see the person that's behind the statement. I think that that's I yeah, think well, that's great. Like the the whole thing I have that though, like if, if one of my friends like got an interview on CNN, like I don't agree with CNN at all, but that's huge. Yeah, it's like CNN. you're on national television. Yeah, <clears throat> getting on te- national television at all is cool. That's that's an accomplishment for sure. I like that. When do you feel like the best version of yourself? Hmm, interesting. Probably when I'm probably when I'm writing. Mm-hmm. Um it's not only cool to be doing what I like, but to like give voices to other people. Mm-hmm. I think that that's like me serving my purpose in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as, as, especially when I'm like interviewing other students who have dealt with things that I've dealt with. I, I think it's cool to be able to like let them tell their story. And mm-hmm. the fact that I'm giving them the opportunity to do that, I, I, I think it's really cool. Yeah, I, I think so too, man. I, I, I was suspecting that was something along the lines that was going to be your answer, but I was still curious. Uh, yeah, well, like, one time I wrote an article about a girl who had people on her for, like, not not writing, but, like, screaming about her views, mm-hmm. and I I wrote about that, and it got a lot of media attention, and she reached out, like, thanking me for it, and I was like, that that's cool that I, I, I was yeah. able to make that happen for her. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, sticking up for people, I think, yeah. is something that it's it feels good whenever you're able to do that. In a philosophical sense, what are you most afraid of? I don't know. If, would, would death count? Sure, yeah. of course it does. Uh, death scares me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very valid answer. Yeah, like not even like just the way it's gonna happen, but just like it happening, like knowing yeah. knowing that that is mm-hmm. the end result, like that that's the end. Um, pretty scary. Obviously, I don't want that to be anytime soon. It yeah. could be, which I I think that's also scares me. You don't mm-hmm. know when or how yeah. or where, but yeah, it's, uh, that's pretty scary to me. Do you ever get nihilistic about stuff like that? Meaning? Like, uh, it's all meaningless. You know, what's the point? Uh, uh, I'm going to die anyway. So like, what there, is there, there are times that I I do have that kind of mindset. But I, I don't want to say... Like, I don't think it's in a negative way, though. Okay, like, like um, Like, a couple years ago, I went skydiving. Mm-hmm. And it's like... You only live once. I'd never. Yeah. If, <laughs> I never thought I would either, but I, I went on vacation with a friend and we went to Ocean mm-hmm. City and I just know that they do a lot of parasailing and paragliding mm-hmm. and stuff like that near there. And I looked it up and there was one like an hour from where we were staying and I was like, why not? Let's do it. Because my, my, my dad went skydiving a couple mm-hmm. years ago and he loved it. And I saw the video and I was like, well, I mean, definitely step outside of my comfort zone, but you only yeah. live once. Why not? And I had the best time of my life. I, I I recommend that everyone tries it always once. Maybe I should try <laughs> it's it then. So thrilling. It's Maybe great. I should. I I just when I see people jump out the plane, I can't. <laughs> well, the, the, like my mindset's like I'm not the one doing the jumping. Like as, as as long as I get myself on the plane, like I should be good. And that's I, true. I wasn't nervous until they opened the door. Like I got on the plane. Real. I got on the plane. It was fun. We were flying up. Like, I I saw the boardwalk. All that. It was cool. Um, and then they open the plane and the wind gusts oh, in yeah. and you're looking over. And as soon as they open the plane, he repositioned me like to, 
be out of it. Like my leg, oh, my, no. my, my legs were dangling out, and I was like, "Oh shoot, this is real!" Like yeah, there's no real. backing down. And yeah, he, he did a back he did a backflip out oh, of the plane. No, <laughs> were you guys were you guys uh, going into the water, or were you guys going into like a field? It was it, it was at um it it was a field. Um, okay, we we were sem- semi close to water. Okay. Um, Usually it is because it was Ocean City, yeah. so we we were right near the ocean. But um, it doesn't really makes sense to jump into the water because then you got to swim. Yeah. Unless there was a boat and to and pick you, you got up. the parish like the gear. Yeah, weighing, you, weighing down. you down. Yeah, in hindsight, that was a kind of a stupid question to ask, but I was still curious. I didn't know. No, I mean we we, we were close enough to the water, but not clo- like it being close enough for like if something were to go wrong, we would end up in the water because right. we we were at a um, I don't think it was like a. Uh, airport where people like book flights and go places, but oh yeah, you probably that, can't. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it can't. was. It, I I think the airport was specifically for skydiving uh, or like okay, helicopter gotcha. tours and stuff gotcha. like that. So that, did that make you afraid of death in that moment? Oh well, I didn't think I was gonna die. Uh, obviously, there sadly people do die from that. Yeah. But, um, I did. I I didn't tell my mom I was going either. Oof. Um, my my dad knew because I was like asking him about it because he was the one who did it. Yeah. Um, but I, I did. It was. I think the reason that I maybe thought of death a little bit was because I did call my mom before. Because mm. I was like, if something were to happen, I should probably yeah let her know what I'm That's doing. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um. So she, she she was a little she was a little pissed off, but <laughs> well, <laughs> everything I, was fine. Uh, yeah, I, I mean. I she had has a, a right to be, I guess. I had a ruptured eardrum, so there. I have a. I have a. It's still not healed all the way, but Ugh. um. I, I I have a little battle wound from that, but it definitely could have been worse. That that could have been a lot yeah. worse. Yeah, I I feel that sometimes, like uh, the idea of not being. The idea of my consciousness not being in it's, my it's body. It's just it's just weird. I, well, I my brain can't comprehend it like my brain doesn't understand what that is but i know like yeah. i know what it is but my brain doesn't understand it if that makes any sense and kind of go like this is i guess semi on topic but like something else that scares me is like alzheimer's and dementia oh yeah that, that, that stuff is scary that runs yeah. in my family oh so okay. yeah like me and my grandmother are very 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 close mm-hmm. and if that stage ever happens like i don't know how i'm going to be able to tell like handle that so that's yeah, that is that's that, also is, that stuff very, is tough. Very scary. Yeah, I don't really know if there's much preventative stuff. I don't, I actually I, shouldn't I don't even, think there. My parents would know. I could ask them, but I shouldn't speak because I have no <laughs> idea. <clears throat> but I mean, if there is, to my understanding, it's just like genetic, and like if it's in your life, yeah, you're probably gonna yeah. experience that. I think with Alzheimer's, there's some stuff that you can do, like to help stave it off. As a as a 17 season Grey's Anatomy watcher, I, I believe that there is <laughs> medical prevention. Or <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I'll never watch Grey's Anatomy. I never I thought it. I can't it's, do it. It's pretty good. I, I don't watch it anymore. I think they're on like season 19 now, but I've, I've stopped. I would never be able to commit to to that. My mom made me watch it. And it was <laughs> it was because we watched The Office together. I love it. And she Office. was like, I love it. But she was like, since I watched a show you told me to, now it's your turn. Oh, well, that's fair. But the I trade-off, what, was it nine seasons of The Office or ten? 20 minute episodes. I wouldn't call it an equal trade off, but. And then you have 17 <laughs> seasons of an hour long episode. So definitely. They're, they're an yes, hour long? Yes. How many episodes per season? 20 some. Yeah, it's, it's rough. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. That's too much TV show for yep. me, I think. 
took me like six months of watching three episodes a day to finish it. But yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah. What thoughts keep you up at night? Especially being a senior, it's like realizing that like real life is right around the corner. Yeah. It scares me. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously want to just jump into working or at least have a plan mm-hmm. after graduation. Yeah. But like graduation is in five months for me. Wow. That's so it's crazy. like I don't have much time left to figure things out like in my head i have an idea of where i want to go mm-hmm. but nothing is set in stone mm-hmm. i don't know if it's going to work out things could change mm-hmm. um so that's just scary knowing that like i need to like start prepping and planning for things to actually start yeah being an adult so weird because I, I still feel like i a, i hate it <laughs> i still feel like a kid sometimes yeah. i still kind of think so do that i, I, I no, it's like, like christmas is right around the corner and my mom's like what do you want for christmas i made a list and i was like yay <laughs> but it's like do i ask for things i normally ask for or do i ask for uh gift cards so i can get gas <laughs> see my brothers my brother was like lego sets yeah right <laughs> like, yeah that's, that's fire yeah oh, yeah but um yeah it's well i i've been having this feeling recently like it's it's so weird being an adult because I've come to the inclination that nobody has anything figured out. Adulting is just getting older and realizing that the people you but thought it's like knew some people do on, have things planned out, and that's why it's very like few. yeah, I've met very few. But sadly, I'm surrounded by those people. <laughs> oh no, um, yes, so that can it's be like, tough. I, I like I have friends who like one of my friends has a full time talk show on a news station already. Um, I have another friend who's like oh. a, a, a reporter. I have friends who already are working with Fox. So it's like they are already on their... In that sense, yeah. yeah. I guess I just meant how the well, world not, works. Not and... like their life figured out, but they yeah. are already on that next step. They're on, on a path. On their path. So that could be yeah. disc- that could be kind of intimidating. No, I'm, I, 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 I'm on a path, but nothing's, like I said, nothing's set in stone. Things yeah. can change. So it's, it's nerve-wracking knowing that I still have steps to go to, to get to the point where people my age are already at yeah that could certainly be intimidating i i and I, I feel that sometimes just it's a lot of uncertainty and it's um not that i was ever like a homebody type thing but um being away from home was never really difficult for me but sometimes i just it just all feels uncertain yeah and it's tough to figure everything out in my head because that's all I can do in that moment is like I can just sort of strategize and do game plans but yeah I can't and it's like for me like I I would love to like move back home and work and save a little bit mm-hmm. but it's like in the field I want to go in like you need to like jobs aren't at home they're in DC no, they're, they're in mm-hmm. Florida they're in New York so it's like if I want to enter the field like i need to do it as soon as possible and that means just jumping right right into the workforce and not having a gap year of saving and spending time with family like it's like as soon as i graduate i time i mean i i'm not even sure if i'm gonna use the rest because i think my i graduate in end of april i think graduation Mm -hmm. is and my lease is through the end of june Mm -hmm. so it's like i don't know if i have to find someone to sublease for the couple months so i can go or if i have the time to yeah you know so it's 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 being in the like news field is very fast paced and I need mm-hmm. to jump on it quick or I may miss an opportunity. Yeah, that could be tough. 
What do you think the meaning of life is? Oh, God. That's deep. It is. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, like, in general, just to experience as, as, as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think a lot of people have the opportunity to do that, mm-hmm. um, especially with working and stuff. But just being able to just enjoy, enjoy the time you have. Whether that be, mm. I mean, a lot of people do find work. I mean, uh, happiness and pleasure in work. Yeah. But um, you know, traveling, trying different things, just mm-hmm. trying to get as much in as you can in your time here. I think I think it should be everybody's purpose, mm-hmm. um, or at least something that people should strive to strive to do. What do you think it takes to be a good leader, and how can good leaders rise to the top? I, I would say open-mindedness is probably the mm-hmm. best trait someone could have. Um, and that's not even just coming from a political or, like, news background, mm-hmm. but, like... An ideas background. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, if news doesn't work out for me, like, I'm a marketing and sales major, mm-hmm. and there's a lot that goes into that. So, yeah. if, like, if my boss or if I'm a boss and I'm not open-minded about different perspectives, like, that could make or break a sales pitch or you, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So that I, I think open-mindedness would definitely be like the top trait that um, a leader should have in order to be successful. Yeah. I like that. I th- I agree with that a lot. Cause also it could, it could sacrifice the integrity of what you're doing. No, hundred percent. If you, if you can't be open-minded to other people's ideas, mm-hmm. what advice do you have for young people? People who want to get into journalism, people that are, just coming into college and who want to have a meaningful career. Don't don't care what other people think. I like <laughs> Cause that. Because if, if, if I did, I would not be where I am mm-hmm. right now. Um, my whole career started off from reporting on something that the majority... Well, I don't even... I don't know this for a fact, but from my understanding, the majority of campus supported and something that I thought was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, if I didn't do that, I... I probably wouldn't even be working with the organization I'm with, I'm with right now. I wouldn't mm-hmm. have been on podcasts. I wouldn't have been on the news. Um, I wouldn't be getting paid for writing. Like I'm, I'm in college and I'm actually doing work that's paid. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I was focused on what people thought, none of this, none of this would have been a, a reality for me. So I just think that doing your own thing, as long as you can be respectful and using the word open-minded again about things, and um, as long as you are knowledgeable and you you know what you're doing, I don't think there's a reason, you know, risking offending or making someone upset if it makes you happy. I like that. Well, thank you for taking time to sit down with us today. Of course. I appreciate you. It was a pleasure. Bye, everybody.